Hello, and welcome to the Adoptee Voyages podcast. My name is Erica Lorenz, and I'm excited you are joining me for season three titled You, Me, and Family. Each Wednesday, various transracial adoptees share their experiences on how relationships within the family unit impact their identity. Along with hearing those stories, Throughout this season, I have the honor to dive deeper on family-related topics with my friend, Amber Davies Sloan. Her lived experience as a Korean transracial adoptee, along with her academic research, brings such an exciting perspective to this season. So find a comfy seat, settle in, and enjoy listening to these adoptees' voyages. Hello, Adoptee Voyages listeners. It's Erica. Welcome back to another episode. For today, I have my co-host, Amber, and our topic that we are focusing on for this specific episode is more around what does building your family look like and what does having your own children, do you adopt children, et cetera, et cetera. So that gets to be our focus today, and we're really excited about it. So Amber, welcome. Hello, glad to be back. Yes, another episode. So the way we're going to set this up is we're going to kind of break it down into a few different chunks and, and focus on a few different areas because just talking about children or the idea of children is really vague. To start, I think it would be great if we could talk about this concept of building your family and what that was like for us as adoptees who were raised a few decades ago, um, not to age us, but a few decades ago where resources were a little bit more limited. And I would say, quotation marks, traditional families that were either spread in media or just talked about through my peers were parents that had natural born kids. So Amber, do you want to kick us off? Do you have any insight on what that was like for you? So. I think it's interesting because, you know, I've always known that I am adopted. And so it, um, you know, it never was like a hidden for me, obviously, because I don't look anything like my parents. But I do remember when we started learning about, you know, how families are made. And I guess, you know, for lack of better word, like sex ed, right? You start talking Mm -hmm. about like people getting together and making babies and stuff like that. And the awkward, you have to like bring the thing home, your parents sign it and all that stuff. But that's when it, you know, becomes more biological. And then I realized, oh, that's kind of like the norm. Mm. And there was no discussion about, oh, you can get babies the other way. You know, you can go and and adopt them or foster them or whatever. So for me, I think I was pretty lucky because I was never really othered because of it, Mm. because of adoption. I think it was pretty well accepted. And I think to some extent, I felt pretty confident about it. And Mm -hmm. I don't think my friends ever really said, oh, you're different because, or made me feel different because of that. I think it became more apparent when I got older and started thinking about having my own family. And I know we're going to talk about that later, so we can get into it later. But it's kind of interesting because, yeah, I I started thinking about it after we talked about it and it never really was like a, a big thing. And so... I guess I appreciate that about my life, that the spotlight wasn't on me. Like, here's this adopted person. Where did they come from? And and stuff like that. So I grew up in a pretty diverse area and 
a lot of the families were blended families and things like mm. that. So it was a little bit different in the sense that it wasn't just kind of this two parents and yeah, half children and a dog and a white picket fence. Yeah. So it was at the same time. It's like, it's hard to explain. So yeah. So what about you? Did you, do you feel like you had experiences where you felt othered or it was pointed out to you really obviously that where did you come from and yeah, I mean, family? Right. Similar to you, it was super apparent because my mom is Caucasian and red hair freckles. And then my sisters and I are all different shades of skin pigment. I would say our communities growing up took it really well. I think as an individual, I struggled with it a tiny bit, not in a sense of shame or guilt, but I would hear my friends say, oh, my mommy's tummy is getting bigger. I'm having a brother or a sister. And for me, the norm was my my sister was adopted. So like she just came home with my mom one one day from a business trip. And I I don't remember all the details. Apparently, you know, I knew she was coming. But to me, babies came from a train from Georgia. So it it just seemed different. And I think it made me almost more curious of like, well, like where do babies come from? And like, why couldn't I have come from my mom's tummy or whatever? I remember struggling with that as a, a really little kid. But I think as I got older, it was just kind of like this ho hum dum of, yeah, we're, we come from different people. I will say I would get frustrated at people who couldn't understand that concept right away, just because I think there were some older folks in the community where they just couldn't wrap their mind around the fact that, oh, she's my mom, I'm her daughter, it's where's your foreign exchange student from, right? Mm -hmm. Like just different things like that. And so I would say that was kind of like the only frustrating point of the concept of like building a family Uh and being a youth in that. But I think it also shifted to college years and, and dating years of, I really desired for the longest time and still do to have like my own biological kids. I think that kind of brings us to like the next section of when we got to those serious relationships, when we found our person, which we kind of talked about in an episode prior, Mm -hmm. how did we navigate that conversation of of children? Because that's a topic you talk about, hopefully, before Mm -hmm. you say, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So what about you? How How did you navigate that? Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, you know, we talked about relationships and the last time that I joined you and that was a whole interesting, yep. <laughs> whole interesting walk down memory lane, right? Um, looking back, I and I, I think that, and maybe you can speak to this too, but I think that when you find your person, everything else kinds of fades away. And that sounds really mm. kind of like cliche to say, but it's really true. Like I think back and I don't know that I actually had conversations with previous relationships about children. Mm. I think it was more like, yes, I want kids. Do you want kids? Right. But it never turned into like, oh, I could really have a kid with this person. Mm, Okay. And um, so when I met, you know, my husband and, you know, things got serious and we were talking about this futuristic thing and it seemed like really real. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is someone I want to partner with and have a life with. Then we started talking about serious stuff. And I don't think that we, I think we went into the marriage knowing that we wanted children. 
but I don't think that we really talked about like how we were going to have them. Do you mm. know what I mean? I, mean yeah. I think we briefly talked about like, would you adopt? And I said, yes. And, you know, right. and, and things like that, but never, it was never something that I wanted to do as a first option. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting because one thing that adoptees struggle with, I, and I've heard this from multiple adoptees, is that this idea that adoption is the last option for so many people. And so mm. that puts a stigma upon adopted people yeah. that they yeah. were the last option, yeah. which is a whole other thing. We could probably do an entire episode about it. Yeah. Uh, but I find that I actually did that too, right? Which I'm kind of embarrassed to admit because I really, mm. like you, wanted to have a biological connection to someone because yeah. like you were talking about when you were talking about that, I remembered like oh I did want to look like someone and I remember yeah. looking at my friends when I was growing up and they looked like their parents and even now I'm still not like obsessed in a weird way but I'm I notice things more yeah than other people how people look like each other or how you know children look like their parents or how people are connected biologically yeah. And so for me, it was just really important to have children of my own. And I was pretty clear from the beginning that I did not want to adopt. And I think a lot of that was because I felt that I could not be a good adoptive parent as an adoptee because I hadn't really, on some level, I hadn't really addressed the things that I knew that I needed to talk about adoption mm. myself. And I was concerned that if I adopted a child that I there would be like triggers and of yeah. course I couldn't I couldn't actually say all these things now that I'm right there, I can say it right but, yeah. um I would I think I was worried that there would be triggers and that the kid would just be not taken care of in a way that I would want to take care of it mm. and that I just wouldn't be a successful adopted parent my yeah. parents really wanted me to adopt they really wanted oh. us to adopt a kid from Korea and I have my own feelings about that whole thing they yeah. offered to help pay for it. So that's the whole thing. And ultimately didn't go that direction. But I think there's an assumption, a lot of people with adoptees that they will like continue the good work or whatever, and, and ultimately decide to adopt. And I know some adoptees have adopted, right? But I don't think that's because they were adoptees. I think that's because they wanted to. Yeah, I do find that interesting, just on a side note of your parents really wanting you to adopt and providing that as, yeah, that as an option. So that's just Very interesting. awkward conversation. And yeah. I think going back to just like starting those conversations with our people or our partners, I mean, I remember going on a walk with my husband back before we were even dating and just good friends chatting. And we were talking about just family dynamics. And he had mentioned that he has some cousins who are adopted. And for some reason, I do remember I was like super pumped about that because in my mind, I was like, oh, he gets it. Like he knows a little bit about the adoption world. It's not super foreign. So if like big traumas come out, he'll understand. Like I I just remember thinking that for some reason, again, that's putting all adoptees in one bucket. Like we're all Mm -hmm. the same, but It was this, to me, it was nice to know that he at least had been exposed to the adoption world because I think not being exposed to the adoption world or any component of it or any person in it, it just seems so distant and far away Mm -hmm. and almost magical. I think that was kind of the idea of what adoption was that was communicated for so long. And Mm -hmm. 
Um, and yet he was, you know, able to acknowledge, like, yeah, adoption's a tricky thing and it's a process and I have cousins and yeah. I mean, they're all individual, but still. And so I think in the idea of family, to me that like once we started being more serious and dating and talking, to me, that was a sign of like, okay, we could have our own biological kids, but we could also possibly adopt if it comes to that, which similar to you, it was almost like last resort mm -hmm. because I think I so desperately wanted somebody to look like me. Mm -hmm. like, I'll just put it out there and yeah. I can be judged. <laughs> no, um, it's incredibly validating. Yeah. And I think another important thing to like point out is that, and this is something that I have talked about with other adoptees is that as you're growing, and this could maybe have affected my situation growing up or your mm -hmm. situation or anyone's situation, especially as transracial adoptees is there's just this desire growing up to not be different. And so yeah. I think on some level, all of, not all of us, but the, a lot of us, whether or not we acknowledge it or, or understand it, assimilated into this white culture that we yeah. grew up in. And I didn't want to be noticed. I mean, I already am noticed because I'm tall. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. for me, I, I realized, and now that I'm sitting here and thinking about it, even when I hit like college and had serious relationships and things like that, I just wanted to be like everyone around me. Yeah. And none of them were talking about adoption. Right. They all wanted to have their own kids. And that was right. just the nature of the culture that I was in at that time. Yeah. And even when I got to the age or the time, not even the age, but the time that, that my husband and I were ready to have children, we were living in a place where people had their own kids and as many of them as possible, right? Yeah. Perhaps if we were in a different situation, then yeah, maybe we would have considered adoption. Yeah. But I don't really think so being an adoptee and, and where I was. And, and also too, I think it's important for me to recognize and to share that, that really my my journey with my own adoptee identity didn't start until after I had a kid. Right. Yeah. So I think that that really changes my experience and my journey. And I think it's really interesting to recognize that because the child is what really changed me, which it does, but I mean, yeah. no matter who you are, but right, right. it really amplified my need to explore the side of myself. Yeah. Uh, have you experienced that? Like, is that something you can relate to? I would say currently my husband and I are in that season of starting those conversations of when do we want to have kids? Do we want to have kids? What does having kids look like for us? And to be honest, the only conversation or dialogue, it was six plus months ago how are we going to have kids biologically? I would say four-ish months ago, so around the holidays, I I think I came to this epiphany first, but it was, we don't have to have our own biological kids. And I think for some, I don't know what it was in our our lives or what was going on, but I had this inner peace, I guess, of like, we could have biological kids or we don't like it's, mm -hmm. it's a coin toss kind of, it's not a absolute anymore in my mind. It's not this thing I must have in my life as an adoptee. And for us, we've been really open. We're not taking adoption off the table. I guess I'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, we're not actively 
looking, but we're not taking it off the table. And that's been a, a whole new conversation. And there's a lot of what ifs, like, what if we can't have kids? What if we can have kids? What if we start the process and it doesn't work out? What if we don't start the process? Like what, what if, what if, what if? And I don't know, I think I'm probably not even answering your question. I'm just blabbing about my life, but (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, I think this idea of having your own children versus not having your own children it sits with me really heavily in the season that I'm currently in with my husband. So yeah, I don't think that even comes close to answering your question, to be honest. But I think it's an important, I think it's important that you acknowledge that because I think because you've had that experience of being an adopted person and a transracially adopted person that you understand the nuance and the complications that can go along with that. Yeah, And I think that a lot of adoptive parents don't understand that. Mm. And you take that and then you turn it, you know, and then you add it to the, like, like having a baby is right life altering and continues yeah. to be. And then if you add another one, it gets like worse, but better. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Yeah. But I think too, it's difficult because I mean, I think I've, is it a meme or something I've seen, right? This is like, you're the best parent before you have children. And that's so yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, I thought it was going to be, you know, this awesome parent and do all these things and organic yeah. and, you know, all this junk and, and the, none of that happened. But I think a lot of it was just not understanding how much it was going to change my relationships with other people, how yeah. it was going to change my relationships with my parents, my in-laws, my husband you know, with my child, myself, all of these things. And so you're trying to navigate that and then trying to decide too, if adoption is an option or if you want to have biological children and then trying to, I guess, figure out how that all, it's just a lot to think about. Yeah. No matter what. Right. Exactly. I definitely think it's complicated and it's, it's a big decision regardless of if you're in a season of, Hey, I think we want to start trying and have our own kids, or we maybe want to think about adopting, whether you're an adoptee or not. Yeah. It's just a huge complicated thing, but for you, I mean, I kind of want to circle back and you've mentioned a little bit of how having your own kids started your own spark looking into your adoptee identity. Mm-hmm. Can you expand a little bit on that? I know you've touched on it in a few different episodes, but I want yeah. to hear more. Just to like back up a little bit. So where we were living at the time when I had our kids was an area where people had, had children a lot younger than I was. So I was 32 when I had my first child. Mm-hmm. You know, we were working on our 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 careers, and yep. we had just bought a house, and so we were doing all the like culturally United States American culturally correct things or whatever right. that the people yeah. expected of us. And so we got really lucky, and we we had you know we got we got pregnant really easily, and I had a really healthy pregnancy, and I had a baby. Yeah, <laughs> it was insane having yeah. a baby. You just go in and you have a baby, and it hurts a lot, and it was pretty awful actually, but you get a baby at the end and he was just the most beautiful fat baby (laughs) ever. And everything they say about having a baby is true. 
your heart just explodes and yeah. there's this child and all this stuff. But I had a really rough time because mm. all of a sudden I had a baby and my whole entire life before the baby was my job mm. and my career. And I would spend all this time at work and I would be, you know, teaching and all of a sudden it was this huge deal. And then here's this baby and I'm at home by myself with a baby. Yeah. And I was in a lot of pain. I had trauma from my birth. It didn't go as expected. My expectations of who I was going to be as a mother and doing the things I wanted to do didn't happen. Like I couldn't breastfeed. So yeah. it just, and, it, and I felt like such a failure because I had, had built it up so high to yeah. do this and all these things that are expected and you get all excited for and everything. And yeah. so I fell into a really deep depression because I had really wanted to be this certain kind of person and, and wanted to be like this perfect mom in my mm-hmm. mind, whatever that was. Yeah. And so I fell into a depression and then I started experiencing really severe anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety later on we discovered was due to a lot of adoption yeah. issues and trauma and stuff like that. So for some reason I was really proactive and I went to the doctor and he gave me a list of people to talk to. And I called around and found my therapist who nice. I've now been with for over nine years. Yeah. And she's amazing. And she saved my life. She saved my life in the sense that I was able to open up to her. One day, I remember she asked me, she's like, so what about being adopted? I was like, what about it? And boy, did that just open a whole box, a can of worms, like a a vat of worms. And from then on, we've really just been able to work together and figure out how being adopted has has affected me and how that really just was magnified and just exploded Mm. after having this child. One thing that really stands out is that I realized that a lot of the anxiety was me just so scared that my baby was going to be taken away from me, whether Mm. it was through illness or someone that he would love someone more than me or that someone would literally take him away from me, I guess. Yeah. So it was just, it was a lot of things and it was really scary. And, you know, we've been able to work through that, obviously, yeah. uh, through time. But I think that really connected back to those feelings of fear and abandonment. Mm. Mm. And another thing that really stuck out to me that I wanted to share, just in case it resonates with other adopt- or parents who are adoptees, is that I had the hardest time with the anxiety until they were about a year and two months old and Mm. I was adopted or I came to America at just over a year old. Mm. So we determined that a lot of that anxiety was because I didn't have a really good idea of my own self in that time in my life. Yeah. And so because of that, I think it just kind of like translated over to me worrying about the kids and then also you know, feeling sad and mourning the loss of that for myself that, Mm. you know, here's this, this baby who's six months old, who's doing all these things. And, you know, I didn't have what I tried to to give my kids. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 No, that makes perfect. So it was, it's been really tough, but at the same time, it's been really validating on a lot of levels because I've been able to grow so much and identify so much more with my adopted self. And through this, through, you know, raising my children. Yeah. Which is a blessing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I, 
really, really appreciate you just being very vulnerable and opening up about that piece of your story and your life and mm -hmm. how the birth of your children impacted you and your journey. And mm -hmm. I think that's huge to acknowledge the adoption piece, but also the mental health piece. I think it's really great that you were able to seek help immediately and, and call it what it was and try to unpack that with somebody who was a safe person to you. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and I think that's so important because in our culture, especially, and I think this is shifting, hopefully, but there's just such a stigma. And yeah. it's, it's ironic because it's very much similar to adoption, right? That you have this yeah. baby and you're supposed to be so grateful and happy and and it, sometimes it sucks. Yeah. Sometimes being a mom sucks and, and having a baby is hard hard and yeah. having a kid is hard and and so many people don't talk about it. and so yeah finding those safe people whether it's through you know a mental health counselor or friends or family is so important and having that support system even now I mean my children my, yeah. my youngest is going to be six tomorrow which I cannot believe mm. and my oldest is nine and still I have my group of friends that are also moms or you know, just really close friends that, that I can lean on and we can have these honest conversations. I think that helps us kind of transition into one of the interesting things about being an adoptee and raising kids. There's a few different concepts that I think both you and I have heard repeated in many adoptee stories. And the first one is how tricky it is to navigate talking about adoption with your kids. I think you brought it up offline was the concept that, yeah, I'm mom and I kind of look like you. And yet grandma, grandpa, they're white and mm -hmm. I don't look like them at all. And mm -hmm. talking about that with a young child can be really confusing when, again, maybe the social norm or the typical story that they hear about how families are formed is not through adoption. Mm -hmm. or any other kind of way of, you know, creating a family. So yeah, do you want to speak a little bit to that or anything else about what it's like raising kids in the midst of talking about adoption? Well, something that I want to make sure that I navigate in a sensitive manner is talking to the kids about adoption. And so we've yeah. had these conversations. I didn't want to make it a whole thing when they were growing up. Like, I didn't want to point it out and be like, well, mom looks different from yeah. you know, Nana and Bapu because she's adopted. Right. So I just kind of let it come up organically. And the younger one has never asked about it, but the older one has. I've had conversations about birth parents and that they are not your parents and that they're your biological parents and that your parents are the people that raise you. And mm. that, of course, led into other kinds of conversations about family, because I really want the kids to understand that family is not just right. mom, dad, and the white picket fence, that yep. family means so many different things. And I know later we're going to talk about chosen family, yeah. but I've had conversations with them about that as well. Mm. So it's not been hard in a sense, but I think one thing that I struggle with is how to not, I guess, convey the message that it's this perfect thing. Mm. and how much of that I need to tell them and I, I honestly I haven't said anything to that at mm. all because yeah. I still think that they're too young but I think that it will come up eventually and so I'm still kind of trying to think about how to navigate that I think the other aspect of trying to navigate either those types of conversations but also 
is they really want them to have a strong sense of self mm -hmm. and grow up really knowing who they are. And that can look culturally of, you know, as an adoptee, I didn't really know my culture or my heritage, and I want you to know your culture and heritage, and we'll learn together. Other times it's it's nothing to do with culture. It's just, I want you to be proud of who you are. Like, I want you to own all of you. In regards to adoptees raising kids, I, I think that's huge because that's a narrative that is outside of the adoptee world, but also very much inside the adoptee mm -hmm. world, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 My children are, I don't know if they're lucky or not that I do what I do. The majority of my work centers around sense of self and how the mm. self relates to how you communicate and how you build relationships yeah. with others. So it's always been really important for me to have my kids have a really good sense of their self from knowing who they are and where they yeah. came from. But mm. also, too, as they get older, just their sense of identity as it relates to my heritage. Yeah. Being half Korean. And they've embraced it pretty well. But I think, and we were talking about this earlier, but for me, one thing I really try to be aware of is how authentic I am about it. Yeah. And I don't push them because I don't want it to be performative because I feel right. like a lot of the stuff that I experienced growing up was very performative. And so I really don't want them to feel pushed one way or the other. I just want them to be who they are, but have access to the information if they want it. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's definitely something I've thought about even in the quotation mark planning stage mm -hmm. of, you know, not in that current season of having my own kids, but hoping that season lends itself soon-ish. Yeah. So yeah, I think we covered a lot and it definitely has me still thinking and I'll probably still be processing for the next few days in a good positive way of, right? Mm -hmm. There's just a lot to unpack when it comes to our family unit and wanting to build upon our family unit and like the phrase my husband and I say is like, we want to grow our family and mm -hmm. leave it vague because you never know what that looks like, adoptee or not. So yeah, I just really appreciate your insight and your voice and perspective. And I mean, you were really vulnerable with myself and the listeners today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I always love being here and talking yeah. with you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode on the Adoptee Voyages podcast. To continue supporting this resource for transracial adoptees, please consider making a financial donation at adopteevoyages.org. Stay connected by following Adoptee Voyages on Instagram and Facebook. And finally, join me next week for another Adoptee Voyages episode.